Good morning, and welcome to the Sunday service of Free Community Church. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. So today is the Sabbath day once again, and God ordained this day for two reasons that I want to share with you today. The first is to rest, and the second is to worship. And we hope that in the next hour and a half, this will be just that for you, a chance to rest and a chance to worship, whether you're joining us on site or joining us online. So let's take a moment to greet one another. Uh, you can turn to your neighbor, uh, give them a wave, give them a smile. Uh, if you're watching online, you can type a greeting into the chat, and our moderator will be there to respond to uh, your comments on the chat. And so um, now please stand in body or in spirit and join me in the call to worship. Today is the day the Lord has made. Let us Let's rejoice, rejoice and be glad in it. Let, Let us be glad, glad this day for life, for breath, and for freedom to worship. Blessed are you who come in the name of the Lord. We come to bring our gifts of praise and gratitude to the God of all creation. God is good, and in God's work we find our strength. We sing of all God's wonderful works. Let, Let us give, give thanks and praise to the Lord. I now invite you to remain standing in body or in spirit and join our lovely worship team in praise and worship. Good morning, everyone. Okay, so um, one, one thing. <laughs> um, just want to share with you a um, long time ago, about 20 years ago, so you can guess my age now. Um, 20 years ago, someone asked me a question. Hey, Fel, how do you love someone whom you never met? It is a question that stayed with me for a very long time because I really couldn't answer it. Actually, quite recently, I think I've answered it. It's actually to create a relationship with that person. And we have been doing it all our lives with our fathers, with our mothers, friends, partners, family. So it's something very simple, right? So with a deeper relationship, it's where love comes in. It's just automatic, correct? So today, I'm just going to tell you, Jesus loves you. How about you? And today, what are you going to do about it? Okay? So think about that um, and let's worship. Dwelling place 
Let's invite the Holy Spirit into our presence today. Allow the Holy Spirit to fall gently on us. Let's bask in God's love.
Hi, good morning, church. Uh, my name is Mark, and I'll be uh, leading prayer for today. Um, so just some introduction. Uh, for the prayer today, we'll do um, a short moment of uh, centering and um, just calming ourselves down uh, before uh, doing um, like a kind of a corporate prayer. Uh, and I'll also give you some time to just rest in that silence and lift up any prayers on your heart to God. And then we'll close um, off the prayer together as a church. Okay, so let's... Um, Close our eyes and prepare ourselves to connect with God. Gracious God, you know our every thought, feeling, desire, and want. There is nothing that is hidden from you. And before you, we lay all our achievements, all our possessions, our fears, wants, and desires, and we surrender our hearts and minds to you and your will. Lord, you want nothing but the very best from us. You want nothing but all of us. Help us, Lord, to rest in your presence, in your loving hands, constantly holding us through every moment of our lives. In you, we are well and we are safe. Gracious and loving God, as Singapore draws close to its National Day celebrations, Lord, as a church, we want to give thanks for the many things that we have been blessed with, just purely living in Singapore, enjoying the safety, the law and order, good governance, jobs, school, opportunities, homes to stay, and friends to connect with, and family to be with. Thank you, Lord, for a Singapore that has grown, grown from a time when it was okay to carry out anti-gay raids and entrapment operations, to a time when LGBTQIA folks are starting to claim 
space in all aspects of life, both personal and public. We give thanks to how Singapore has grown, but also how we have grown as LGBTQIA folk and allies, how we have grown to live in this new space. Lord, we ask for your blessings and your guidance as we continue to build this space, this society, this home, And as a church, Lord, we pray for your help to continue growing in the wholeness of our hearts and in the recognition of our belovedness. Help us, Lord, to recognize our inherent worth, to grow and mature into the kind of loving community that reflects your teachings. Lord, we commit to you our desire to grow in knowledge and wisdom, to practice your discipleship in church and in our lives. Lord, help us to connect with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, to open our ears and listen to the guidance of your Spirit in all that we do. Guide us and enable us Now, as each one of us takes the next few moments to lift up the cares and concerns of our hearts, Lord, we ask that you hear our prayers. Lord, in your presence there is no problem too great, no need that is too small. We open up our hearts, our minds, and our hands to receive the showers of blessings that you've poured out on us. Help us to live each day empowered by your word and your spirit and help us to continually entrust our hearts to you. Turn the little that we have into an abundance, and may the abundance that we 
enjoy, be a blessing to the people around us. All this we pray as a church in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. So nice to see all of you. And welcome to FCC. So, I'd like to just invite you to pray with me, even as we begin, okay? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, God, earth maker, pain bearer, life giver, whose grace is more than sufficient for us. Amen. So this morning as we go into our sermon time, I want to invite you to get onto Menti. Uh, if you're new with us, uh, maybe this is unfamiliar to you, but we use menti.com as a way to interact during sermon time, okay? So if you can either scan the QR code, uh, you can also use um, the short form link, fcc.li slash menti. It'll take you to the slides for today. And then um, you get to engage a little bit with some of the questions that are coming up later. And I would love to hear your input, okay? Because it will help build up the sermon also. All right. Okay. So today we are changing gears and starting on a new sermon series called Faithfully. And I say changing gears. Um, for those of you who have been following with us, we were doing a whole series called Wholeheartedly. And you can go check it out uh, on our YouTube or our Spotify. Right? I, think, I hope that it has been helpful to many of you. Um, but this new sermon series is a bit of a changing of gears because we'll be delving deeper into theology. And we're hoping to explore the key tenets of our Christian faith to help us move towards being more anchored in our faith. And at the same time, I also want us to be able to question our beliefs in a faithful way. It's okay to question, right? especially those beliefs that many might consider unquestionable truths. Right? So to set the foundation for this series, since today is the first sermon, right? I, I want to set some foundation first, right? So I want to ask you, firstly, how did you come to believe what you believe about God and the Christian faith? How did you get here? And it's okay, okay, I don't need you to write a whole essay about it. I'm sure your journey must have been amazing and wonderful to listen to. And I would love to hear it at some point. But you don't have to share the specific details of how you came to believe. Just think about the category of things. Yay, great, that's, you all get it, right? The category of things that led you to faith. Was it the Bible? You know, the coming across something in the Bible kind of sparked faith in you? Was it your experience? Was it some logical kind of reasoning that you know, helped you come to faith? Was it your family or your love of the people around you? So I want to invite you to reflect. What led you to faith? And what helps you make sense of who God is and what God wants from us even now? Right? What helps you? So amazing, you know, Jesus' love, yes. Sunday school, okay, great. Sunday school is very big, huh? So a lot of you went to Sunday school, is it? Oh, fantastic. Experience. Experience is really big there too. Family, family is part of experience, right? Relationships. Revelation from God, yep. 
struggles to know God, yep. The preaching, someone on the streets. Hmm. I'm glad to hear that that worked for some of you. That's wonderful. Your partner, Christians, book of Bible verses, school, many years of doubts. Yeah, definitely. I had my own years of doubts as well and struggled to understand a little bit more. The Bible, the cross, friends, lovely. Interesting, right? You see like some of the bigger words there, which means that more of you kind of like uh, put something similar. In Sunday school, family, experience, right? Bible a little bit kind of there. Jesus' love is there. Church community is there, right? Interesting, right? Now, I wanted you to reflect on this because this will actually help give us some kind of infrastructure as we go along, right? The Methodists have something called the quadrilateral. I'm not sure if you've heard it before. Even as a lot of Methodists actually don't know about it. (laughs) But the quadrilateral is a four-sided approach to answering questions about Christian belief and practice. It's a tool. It's a resource that we use. So the quadrilateral is made out of these four things, right? It's scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. You know, when I was growing up in the Methodist church, I was actually quite fascinated by this concept, the quadrilateral. And the reason why this approach to answering questions about Christian belief and practice fascinated me was because I was struggling as a teen with reconciling my faith and sexuality at that time. And I was trying to make sense of scripture to understand how God saw someone like me when the voices around me, especially in church, only seem to use scripture to condemn and vilify. So each time I approached God and prayed about the issue and I asked God, change me. If I am unacceptable to you, change me. I'm willing. But yet, I would sense a deep, inexplicable peace in my heart that washed over me and anchored me. And I heard God say, you are okay with me and I am okay with you. At that time, I couldn't understand how this voice aligned with all that I was reading and I was hearing from people around me. But I knew that it was unmistakably God. So, if I were to talk about these four parts, right, I would say, at some point, in some ways, experience actually trumped tradition and reason in my own spiritual and theological journey at least in the beginning stages of my return to God and reconciliation. And you see that a lot, right? A lot of you said something that is related to experience, to relationships, something that helped you come to God, right? But for me, experience alone was not enough. In my mind and heart, I needed to find alignment with Scripture because the traditional interpretations of the Bible with regards to homosexuality just sounded contradictory to what I seem to be experiencing in my own life through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So how? So it was when I first attended seminary 20 years ago, and I was able to more deeply study theology as a whole, as well as the historical context and the interpretations of the clobber verses. And the more I studied scripture and understood the various interpretations of the clobber passages through wider sources of tradition and combining reason with experience, it became clearer and clearer to me that not only was I not an abomination, 
Perhaps my queerness is a gift. Perhaps I am a gift. And it was only then that I was able to fully reconcile my faith in sexuality. So yes, it was my experience of God that first brought me back to life and integrating my deeper study of scripture with tradition and reason, I came to embrace myself more fully and authentically. And I recognize that perhaps for many of us who have been marginalized by the church for whatever reason, experience may play a very significant role in your faith journeys. So while I hold the Bible as the primary source, I'm also careful to listen to the experiences of people around me, staying open to how the Spirit of God may be leading us to add to our knowledge and understanding of who God is and who we are called to be as a people of God. Well, I hope you're not surprised that at FCC, we do have a lot of Methodist influence huh, in the evolution of theology. Some of our founding members came from Methodist churches and a mix of many, many churches. Our first pastor, Sulin, was from the Methodist church. And many of you who know Reverend Yap, who was the first Asian bishop of the Methodist church in Singapore and Malaya, that he, in his retirement years, very kindly and lovingly agreed to become our pastoral advisor. And that was such a gift to us. So I'm sharing the quadrilateral with you because I want you to have some framework for the next few weeks. As we dive into this new sermon series, I hope that it will be a tool and a resource that is helpful to you as you navigate your faith and grow in your spiritual journey. So today, we'll kick off by talking about grace. Responsible grace. I don't know what that brought to mind for you when you heard the word responsible grace, but I'm just going to put it out there so you know exactly what I mean. Responsible grace means we don't take God's grace for granted. We seek to understand the full dimensions of this grace of God in our lives, and we want to respond to this amazing grace by opening up our whole beings, our hearts, our minds, our souls to God, and to cooperate with the Spirit of God in the transformation of our lives. That's what I mean in a nutshell when I talk about responsible grace. So the natural question when we talk about that is these two things. What is God responsible for when it comes to grace? And then what are we responsible for? How does this whole thing work? And those are the questions we are trying to answer together today. So before we get to answering those questions, let me ask you, what do you understand grace to be? Many of you who grew up in Sunday school, I'm sure you have heard this term, right? Often. Even if you have not grown up in Sunday school, I'm sure you have heard this term as well. What does grace mean to you? I mean, what do you understand it to be? Mm-hmm. Yes, the love of God. Absolutely. I mean, grace is so much tied to God's love. And we'll talk about that later. Right? A very favorite uh, phrase uh, that often you hear in church, uh, grace is unmerited favor, right? A lot of us heard of that definition. Well, yeah, it is. Unmerited in the sense that perhaps it's not what we did, nothing we did to actually get it, to earn it, all right? Maybe that's what it means. But we'll explore it a little bit more. 
mercy. Yes, grace and mercy are very close. We often talk about both the grace and mercy of God. They're slightly different, but it's, it's in the same family. Forgiveness, kindness, unconditional love. First Corinthians 13, which is about love, the goodness of God. It can be rejected. Ah, interesting, right? There is a responsibility in that, right? Absolutely, yes. No strings attached, magnanimous, generous, right? Yeah, boundaries, you know, maybe. So, interesting, right? The top ones, right? Mercy, forgiveness, unmerited favor, unconditional love. The love of God. Love kind of coming out in different ways, right? In that. Yes, broadly, grace can mean God's unmerited favor. It's a very common term, right? Phrase that we use that brings blessing and joy. And throughout the Bible, we see the God of the universe finding ways to reconcile with quite a hard hearted and rebellious humanity. I mean, if you read through, right, the Hebrew Bible and then into the New Testament, we are quite difficult, right, humans. And the story of the Bible is about how God is relentlessly pursuing a relationship with us, with humanity. So I want to actually share a passage with you that talks about that gracious side of God, right? And this comes from Psalms 103, verse 8 to 14. And it says, The Lord is merciful and gracious. And then it goes on to explain what that means, right? Slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. You will not always accuse, nor will you keep your anger forever. You do not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as a high, as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is your steadfast love towards those who fear you. As far as the east is from the west, so far you remove our transgressions from us. As a parent has compassion on your children, so you have compassion for those who fear you. For you know how we were made. You remember that we are dust. Grace is often described in the Bible as a part of God's character. You know, like in this case, God is gracious, right? Gracious God. And in this passage from Psalms, you see that God's grace is linked closely to the steadfast love of God, as well as to the compassion of God, like a parent for their children. But interestingly, many scholars, including Richard Raw, says, Grace is not something God gives. Grace is who God is. Grace is who God is. And this reminds me of another characteristic very close to grace that all of you brought up. that is often said to be descriptive of God's character. God is love. God is love. And love and grace go hand in hand. One central verse, right, that has always anchored me, and I hope anchors you, is from 1 John. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is love. We cannot understand grace without understanding love. Love is definitional. 
of God. Love is a ground of being from which all goodness flows. Love is not just one part of God's character. Love defines the whole of God's character. So how we understand grace, God's justice, God's wrath, needs to be understood through the lens that God is love. Love is God's primary attribute. God is bound to love. So Jeremy Duncan, the pastor, he said, God is not bound to any secondary attribute. For example, God is not bound to justice. That's the whole point of the cross. No one gets what they deserve. Love chooses grace over vengeance. Justice is not served because God's self-giving is actually what heals us. Love overrules even transgression. Whatever God does, God's actions can only ever be an expression of love because that is who God is. Of course, God is angered by sin. Our God of love is upset when we hurt each other or we damage love's beautiful creation or when we squander love's gifts. But the motivation and the source of God's response to us is always love. And that shapes how we read scripture. So that's another underlying foundation, right? That we want to set, not just for this sermon, but for the sermon series ahead. To understand that God is love is the foundational part of how we're going to understand everything else, including how we understand grace. At the same time, over the years, Christians have had and tried many ways to make sense of the full dimensions of what grace means. And I want to just quickly show you some of those understandings. To keep things simple, let me just say that historically, means over centuries and centuries and centuries, right? We have Western theology, which is dominated by rational philosophy, right? And then we have Eastern theology, which is based on the experiential vision of God, the highest truth. Okay? So, we're going to look at both sides right? and see how it informs us, how it helps us understand grace and the grace of God in a deeper way. All right? So from a Western theological perspective, there's always had been a desire to preserve the distinction between the divine and the human. So that carries over also into the understandings of the Holy Spirit and to grace. So because of that, that distinction, the Holy Spirit is looked at as the giver of grace, but there's a difference. The difference is emphasized, right? There's a spirit as giver, grace as gift. Right? So many of us actually kind of understand grace that way, right? Grace is kind of like a gift, a product. So Protestants typically see grace as God's extrinsic act of forgiveness. Right? So some of you put there, right? Grace is forgiveness. And we think of it as a gift. Grace is, as power for obedient life is a supernatural power that irresistibly reforms human nature. While Catholics, they see grace as a power at work in sinful humanity, enabling us to recover God's likeness and thus God's acceptance. So in a way, they see this power as a little bit more cooperative, meaning that we cooperate a little bit more with God. It's not just a gift and we're like, oh, okay, yay, you know. But there's this part of us that's operating and cooperating with God. But it's very clear that from the Western perspective, uh, this power is a product of the Holy Spirit. It's bestowed by God. It's not the Holy Spirit per se. Sorry, yeah? <laughs> I forgot to change for you. Okay? So, 
That's a Western theological perspective. Some of us are quite familiar kind of with that framework, right, of understanding grace. There's also the Eastern theological perspective. And, and to, in this perspective, grace, grace actually empowers capabilities already present, but maybe corrupted in human life. So we essentially have it inside us, but a little bit corrupted. All right? So it's sin and sin's effects. Grace enables a God-likeness in us, but it is not irresistible and is not without human cooperation. We see grace as an actual, but not exhaustive. It is, in many ways, the presence of God's Spirit in our lives. It removes the distinction between the Creator and the created. Grace is both the presence and the activity of the Spirit of God. So overall, Eastern Christianity has a more dynamic understanding of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit's work in human life than what was developed in the West. Right? So, in the end, right, what is God really responsible for when it comes to grace? So John Wesley, he makes clear that grace is the pardon, the forgiveness, and the power, the empowerment for transformation in human life. We often talk about grace as God's activity, a description of the way God is, right? God is gracious. But to speak of grace is to speak of God. Grace is not just an aspect of God. It's not just a quality of God. It is God. So Randy Maddox said, grace is not simply a divinely originated product bestowed upon humanity is the activity of God's very self in human life. Is God at work in us. It's not just something that God gives us. Grace is so much bigger than just God forgiving us even though we sin. Right? It's an aspect of it, but it's so much bigger than that. So Nadia Boltzweber, she said, Grace is not defined as God being forgiving to us even though we sin. Grace is when God is a source of wholeness which makes up for my failings. My failings hurt me and others and even the planet. And God's grace to me is that my brokenness is not the final word. Is that God makes beautiful things out of even my own shit. Grace isn't about God creating humans and flawed beings and then acting all hurt when we inevitably fail. And then stepping in like the hero to grant us grace, like saying, oh, it's okay, I'll be the good guy and forgive you. It's God saying, I love the world too much to let your sin define you and be the final word. I am a God who makes all things new. So one dimension of grace that I want to highlight to you is called prevenient grace. Have any of you heard of this term before? All these many terms. Uh. I hope it's not too much for you today, okay? I'll, I'll try to keep it short, right? But prevenient grace, right, actually just means that which comes before, okay? I don't know why theology, they like to use a lot of big, big terms, uh, and then very cheap terms. I tried to cut out a lot already, uh, but I just want to bring this term to you because it just means that which comes before. So the emphasis when you think about God's responsibility, 
It's on God's work that comes before and makes possible our human response. Okay? What God does and that makes possible our human response. Prevailing grace is God's initial move towards a restored relationship with humanity. It's a partial healing of our debilitated human faculties. All right? we are, our faculties are a little bit affected. But there's a partial healing in us sufficient for us to sense and to respond to God. All right? So it's God's very specific, very obvious uh, action towards individuals, inviting us into a closer relationship. And this grace is universal, as it is extended to all. So no one is more special than others. Huh? First realize everyone's equal. Huh? So this means that God always takes the first step with us. That's God's responsibility. So when you reflect on your spiritual journey, I wonder, when have you seen God taking the first step? When have you seen God taking the first step in reaching out to you, in pulling you back in, in drawing you back into God's love. I know that many of you are here today. If you are even here, if you are even listening to this, something must have happened in your journey that, where God took the first step to bring you in. I love that you use she for God. <laughs> God is beyond gender, right? God can be he, she, they. God is God, right? So when God did more than she said, um, all the time. So God never just takes the first step in the beginning of our spiritual journey. And if you reflect on your whole journey, even up to today, you will actually observe and notice how God is constantly reaching out. God is constantly drawing you in, drawing you close, loving me regardless of who I am. Yeah, At my parents' baptism, wow. When I dream about reconciliation with people that I hate, wow, I know, right? These kind of dreams cannot be motivated by ourselves, right? <laughs> but amazing, right? Sending help when I need it. When God wanted me to reconnect to God's community, my chronic illness, HIV, rejecting me from a racist church environment is a way to tell me that you are worth more than that. It's beautiful. You truly are worth more than that. Surfacing first the need that can't be resolved on my own abilities, yeah. Sometimes it takes us, right, to realise after we've tried so hard on our own. Even when I drift away, God calls me back. Mm-hmm. By sending me the right people who can guide me to show that not everything is lost when I am most down. Yeah. God made the encounter and re-encounters possible even when I'm walking away. How true, right? I mean, I totally understand that because I had turned away thinking that God could not accept me. But it was truly God's grace, right? That drew me back. Blessings, especially for things that we take for granted. Asking me to leave an unhealthy workplace and move to a new place that God has prepared. Yeah. God loves us still, I guess. An invitation back to cell group, assuring who I am in God when, I'm need, when I needed it, but drawing me back to Him again after I chose to leave Him after many years. Send the right books and people at the right time. Yeah. Through things that people say, even in passing, 
um, that is just the right thing that I needed to hear. Yeah. When I encountered crisis, bring those whom I need to me. When God protects and helps me when I need them. The gracious love of our God, indeed. In the people she sends me as a reminder and support, bringing hope for our illnesses. Yes, that's, thank you. That is really beautiful. And I would love to hear so much more of your journey and, and what that journey actually looked like when you saw God taking the first step in your lives. You see, the concept of prevenient grace or the grace that comes before, it integrates both the Eastern and Western perspectives and it gives us a deeper glimpse into God's responsibility when it comes to grace. But what about our responsibility? I mean, we know now that God takes the first step always with us, but what about our responsibility? Since God is the one who always takes the initiative and makes the first step, I think our responsibility is to respond. Is our repentance. And I know the word repentance carries a lot of baggage around. So I want to clarify what repentance means, right? Randy Maddox has a great um, definition for it. He says, repentance is our personal acknowledgement of our spiritual need, right? It's not all the like, extremely like heavy baggage you hear around it, right? It's really just us acknowledging that we have a need for God in our lives as we are awakened to it by the Spirit. So as you are awakened to it by the Spirit, it's just you acknowledging, God, I need you. I need you in my life. So if prevenient grace awakens and also convicts, then the response is discovered in the work of what we mean, repentance, that acknowledgement of need. See, to ex- Christian Wilman actually said this, and I thought that was interesting, because he said, to experience grace is one thing, many of us have, to integrate it into our lives is quite another. And so our response is actually our trying to integrate grace in our lives. And I want to highlight here that our response is reciprocal not transactional. There's a difference, right, between reciprocity and being transactional. That means that when we respond to God's grace, it's not because we feel bad. It's not out of obligation, like, oh, God gave me this, I better give something back, right? It's not about getting something more from God, like, okay, you know, God, since God gave me grace, you know, like, maybe if I you know, respond, then maybe God will give me more, right? The thing is, God has already poured out all of God's self for us. We don't even need to like transact for more. God has already laid it all out there for us. And all God desires is our response. A response that is born out of love. A response that is purely out of gratitude. And when we have truly experienced grace, we can say that grace has cracked us open that grace continues to crack us open. Have you experienced the grace that cracks you open? I have. And how did you respond if you have? For me, it changed my life. You know, from the story that I was sharing with you right at the beginning, the moment that God reached out to me and told me that I was loved and that I was okay with God, that set me on a completely different course in my life. That's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing today. It changed me completely. 
And so as people who have experienced the grace of God, our responsibility is also to ask ourselves, how can we practice grace on others? It's an ongoing thing, right? It's an overflow from our hearts. As we have received grace, how do we practice grace on others? So I want to ask you this, and maybe perhaps this is a good moment for you to just reflect a little bit. How has God's grace awakened you to respond today? And I'm just curious, right? I mean, we talked about a lot of things today. I know some of it is like, eh, a little bit theological. But I wanted you to have a kind of a, a wider dimension of understanding of how people have thought about grace through the ages, right? And hopefully add to your understanding. How has God's grace awakened you to respond today? Is it to respond to God in some way? Because the way that God takes initiative and reaches out to us all the time, what kind of response do you want to have to God? And then what kind of response do you want to have in your own life as you embody grace to others? How has God's grace awakened you in your response? So with gratitude, thank you. That's lovely. To be more open, yeah. Because actually that's all that we are responsible for, right? God is just saying, this is, this is me and this is for you. Will you be open to the moving of my spirit in your life? To pay it forward to those around me? Yeah, I hope so. I hope that the love that we experience, the grace that we experience here, will always be something that will motivate us, that will flow out from our lives to pay it forward in our world, right? By bringing me here today, hmm, to stop trying to earn grace, but to embody grace. I love that. Thank you. To earn, not to earn grace, but to embody grace. Because grace does not need to be earned. It can't be earned. God has already poured out God's all. A desire to share God's grace with others. Yeah. To remember that God always reaches out to me first and, to desire, and desires a relationship with me. Yes, always, even now. To recognize every little thing that happens in my life and asking myself if that's a message God is trying to send me. Yeah, maybe, right? Maybe God is reaching out. To tithe properly and to give back what is owned to God. Wow, thank you. To trust God where God put me currently and be contented in that without continually striving. Yeah. We struggle so much, right? And we bring a lot of suffering onto our own lives, right? But the moment we see striving, the moment we learn to be content and to trust, things change for ourselves, right, inside. To carry the message to others, yes. To tell them that God's grace is for them too. To share the hope that God has shown us with others in the same situation, yeah. To be transformed, to be more like Christ, yeah. Thank you. That is beautiful. To have more empathy towards others, yes. To show grace to people and to things around me, I hope so. And that's my prayer. To love God and by His or her grace, to love our neighbours as well, yep. To want to seek God more, yes. To show the goodness of God's grace to inspire others, yep. To enjoy presence, yes, God's presence, right? 
That is God's grace. God has awakened in me to upgrade my knowledge of Christian theology. Yes! That's what we want to do, okay? Continue with us on this series, all right? We're going to explore a lot of very interesting things. Gratitude, to be more like Jesus day by day. Sometimes grace is silent, yes. And sometimes grace is action. Sometimes grace is just being and accepting. Resonating grace to others in a way that's comfy for myself and others. Oh, that's really lovely. Thank you. To grow more in awareness of the presence of God, even in the mundane tasks and interactions of each day, yes. I desire to help others discover their full and thorough belovedness in God. Yay! Beautiful. Grace is like the rain and sun. It showers on everyone. Yes, it's universal, right? Encourage others in the same situation to continue to pray. Mm-hmm. It pulls me to draw close in spirit, in prayer, in worship, in study. Yes! To be centered. Nothing more I should do but to run to the God who first ran to me. Yes. And yes. And yes. Nothing more, yep, okay, God's love is forever gracious to work with God to help others in the way they need, not based on my assumptions. Beautiful, thank you so much for your responses. And even as you think about your response, even as you think about what God is opening up in you today, awakening in you today, I want you to remember that even as God's grace has awakened you to respond in such a way, God's grace will continue to sustain and empower you all the way through. It's not just today. It's not just this moment. The moment God awakens something in us, God's grace continues to empower us through. I want to end by sharing this verse with you, a verse that probably is very familiar to many of you. And this comes from the message version of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. My grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Now that you know that grace is not just a product that God bestows on us, but it is God's very presence in our lives. It is God's spirit in our lives. How do you better understand this verse now? My grace, my presence my spirit, my life in you is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Pauline, for the wonderful sermon. And uh, as we think about the grace of God in our lives, the presence of God in our lives, this meal, Holy Communion, is a metaphor for that. Because even as we take the bread and we drink the wine, these molecules are becoming part of us. And in the very same way, God's Spirit is also dwelling in us. So I, I hope you'll meditate on that as you go through communion today. So we gather each Sunday at this table, and even though at this time we're not all physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space, because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. 
This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. We are your people, God, called together in your love. We are your children, Mother, called around the table of your word. We are your disciples, Lord, called to praise and give you thanks. We thank you, good and gracious God, for calling us to be your people, for giving us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hands to touch and bless our world. Even as your people, God, we are separated from ourselves, each other, and you, the creator of life. Let us confess our brokenness. As people caught in our tradition, we confess that we have helped perpetuate systems that deny the dignity and sacred worth of all sorts and conditions of persons. We have paid lip service to equality. Our lives are based on discrimination of the other. We have been our own worst enemies. We have failed ourselves, others, and we have failed you, God. Moved by your power, we accuse ourselves because we have not allowed you to form us as a new people. We confess our sin and we pledge to work for reconciliation with one another. We thank you, gracious God, for forgiveness and the chance to start again. We thank you, gracious God, for the gift of your Spirit given to us in Jesus, in whom we are freed from the past and its oppression, in whom the gift is complete. Gracious God, you are the mother of creation and the father of all life. We are gathered as your people to thank you for your blessings, to receive your mercy and forgiveness, and to remember how Jesus died for us, accepting death to show his love for us and you. Remember, we remember how, how Jesus, Jesus came, came to us, becoming one of us, born like us, of flesh and blood and bone, a fully human person like us in all things but sin. We remember how on the night before Jesus died, he gathered with his friends for one last meal. Siblings, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. The person who aligns with me hungers no more, ever. Anyone eating this bread will not die, ever. This is my body, broken for you. Take, eat, remember me. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. When you are joined with me and I with you, the harvest is sure to be abundant. I love you as I have been loved. Abide in my love. This is my blood, shed for you. Take, drink, remember me. May I now invite the stewards to come forward to distribute the elements. If you're watching at home, now would be a good time to get your own elements to represent the bread and the wine so we can all partake together. And if you're new with us, please hang on to the elements when you receive them so, and we'll all be taking them together at one time.
together. Jesus, you are always present in our midst. You, you come, come to, to us simply, simply lovingly, lovingly, humbly, in word and sacrament, in this bread and wine, and in the love we share with one another. Let us eat and drink of this bread and wine, remembering Jesus, his teaching, his life, his suffering, his death, and his rising to new life. Let us partake together. May I now invite you to stand in body or in spirit. Gracious and loving God, you have made us one in the body of Christ and nourished us at your table with holy food and drink. Thank, Thank you, you for, for feeding our, our hunger and relieving our thirst. With deep gratitude, we offer you our lives, our love, ourselves gathered in Jesus by your life-giving Spirit. May we become a new people, wholly pleasing to you, a people giving glory to your name. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, the stewards will come around and collect the cups, so please just pass them to the aisles. And so, um, welcome again to the Sunday service of Free Community Church, where free stands for First Realize Everyone's Equal. FCC is an inclusive church. That means you're welcome here regardless of your sexual orientation, your gender identity, or any of the other labels that the world puts on you. So to those of you who worship with us regularly and to those of you joining us for the first time, welcome home. Uh, my name is David and I'm the service leader for today. So if you're new with us, uh, if you, maybe this is your first or second time, we invite you to leave your details at um, fcc.ly slash welcome or scan this QR code uh, and this will allow uh, our staff to get in touch with you and find out how we can serve your needs and we also have a monthly newcomers meeting so the next one will be on the 27th of August after the service and this meeting will be a, a very short meeting just for you to get to meet some of our leaders um, find out about our history our theology uh, and what we're about so if you'd like to join that, please email info at freecomchurch.org. And so it's the time of the month again where we give you a financial update. Um, so at the end of July, uh, I guess here's where we stand with the general fund and the building fund. Unfortunately, the news this month is not so good. Uh, we're about 6% behind in both of the categories, uh, which means we do have some catching up to do and we still have another five months to do it. So uh, once again, if you're a regular giver, uh, please note that we do need more support for the coming months to make up the shortfall. Um, and again, we would like to encourage that if you are a regular giver, like if you give every Sunday, please do consider setting up a direct debit or standing instruction. And so our two bank accounts numbers are there, and you can just um, maybe arrange with your bank to have a, uh, an amount that you commit at the beginning of the year so that that just regularly gets um, donated to us. And that also makes things easier for you so you don't have to do it every week. And also, but most importantly, what it will help us do is have a very stable 
uh, financial foundation without uh, wild ups and downs every month that we kind of have been going through. You know, it's very hard to plan when you don't really know whether you're going to meet your budget every month. So for those of you who are regular givers, we would really appreciate if you could do that. Um, and uh, as usual, there's two ways you can give. So there's the QR codes. You can scan them to give by pay now. Our general fund, of course, is our daily expenses, our salaries, and so on. And then the building fund goes to pay for the mortgage on this property. And you can also give by credit card at freecomchurch.give.asia. That one has a 1.5% platform fee, but we're grateful for giving in any form. So now please join me as we pray for the offering. Dear God, we thank you for your grace that was given to us so freely out of your boundless love and your character. And as we respond to you, God, move our hearts, Lord, to give of ourselves as well, whether it be our time, our talents, our finances, but most of all, our hearts, that all we have, God, is dedicated to you and your service. So Lord, bless those who give to this church to support our ministry as we provide a safe space to worship for LGBTQ community and all those who are marginalized. And um, Lord, may you bless this offering and help us to use it wisely. In Jesus' name, amen. So may I invite the stewards to come to collect the offering. And if you're here on site and you would like to give some cash, please raise your hand and the stewards will come to you. Okay, so while they're going around, we do have some announcements. Uh, the first announcement is Living Water. So Living Water is a series uh, for reconciling faith and sexuality for men. Um, it begins on the 10th of August, and it's every Thursday evening at 7.30 p.m. So I, I'm not sure how many weeks it goes for. I think it's like eight or uh, more than that. But if you want to join that, sign up at fcc.ly slash livingwater2023. Um, and okay, so the next one's on membership. And every, I think twice a year, we induct new members into FCC. Um, so if you've been here a while and you feel like, okay, I've kind of settled down here, this is my spiritual home, and these are my spiritual family, then you're already sort of a member, so you might as well sign up as a member officially, right? So you can register at fcc.ly slash membership. Uh, you can scan this QR code. I think there may be a, maybe a class or something that you might have to sit through, but you'll you get more information by signing up. And the closing date is on the 31st, August, 2023. Okay, so T-Mart. T-Mart stands for, well, it comes from the T-Shelter, which is for transgendered people. And so uh, FCC has committed to support the T-Shelter, the and in fact, a lot of transgendered elderly living around Singapore by bringing them uh, regular supplies of groceries and consumables. And so uh, we're doing this again, and you can do it in two ways. You can do the donation option, so go to the QR code, and you can choose items that you want to uh, donate, and then just um, we'll contact you for the payment. Or you can just donate cash, and then our team will um, select the items for you. So you can go to fcc.ly slash tmart, or scan the QR code by the 27th of August, and we'll be delivering it to the people on the 3rd of September. Any questions, you can contact Kin at the uh, WhatsApp number there. Okay, and that's the last announcement. 
So now invite the worship team up for the closing song. Shall we rise?
enough to mend us broken as we are just like Kinzuki the gold that brings out the cracks that grace that transforms us so that we become vessels of your spirit and your grace to transform the world God, you're constantly reaching and running after us. You always take the first step. And you invite us to, to take that step. To become your people. To bless the world with your love, your grace, your justice. So people of God... Know that God's grace is enough 
to transform you into the ones who will change the world. Go in love, in grace, always. Amen. So before we, are, we close off, um, there was one more announcement that was missed. Today we have um, lunch khakis, and those of you who like to join, um, or might be new here and want to have lunch with someone uh, in our community, have a small chit-chat. Lexi is uh, um, our lunch khaki today. She's right in front, manning the camera. And thank you for joining us this Sunday, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Have a good week ahead.